Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I'm joined by Simon Bromley. And today we're going to talk about one of Simon's favourite pet subjects and something he's actually just done a whole bunch of testing on. And that is tyre width. More specifically, the question, are wider tyres actually faster on road bikes than the narrow tyres of old? In recent years, we've seen pretty much all bikes moving towards 25s and the very, very racist bikes, but more commonly 28s really, up to even 32 on more endurance kind of focused road bikes. And we are talking specifically about road bikes here, not your kind of gravel adjacent sort of go fast gravel bikes. We are talking asphalt going road bikes. And that's led to the question as whether they, whether they are actually indeed faster. Um, and there's been lots and lots of testing, but we've done some of our own. So Simon, before we get stuck in, why is this such a controversial subject? And why is it a question we're asking in the first place? So I think, it's, I think this is a controversial subject and, and it, it's a bit, you know, whenever we post anything about this, everyone has a range of opinions. And I think it's a bit, it's such a controversial subject because there are like tires make such a big difference on a road bike, you know, and um, changing from say a winter tire to a summer tire or, you know, a narrow tire to a wider tire can really affect the way the bike performs on kind of various terrain. So it, it's just like, it's a super important thing. And, and I guess because they're, you know, they're relatively easy to change. It, it's kind of something that's, you know, relatively cheap as well. They're relatively cheap as well as being easy to change. It's something that many cyclists have had an opportunity to, 
opportunity to experiment with. Whereas, like, you know, if you wanted to say, oh, the difference, the difference in aero, aero between a lightweight bike and a, and a kind of full-on aero bike, well, actually, like, only privileged industry insiders like us really ever <laughs> only ever get to test that sort of stuff. Whereas for tires, I think, you know, you can pop down to the shop and, you know, for hopefully, you know, less than a hundred pounds or whatever, you can buy yourself a brand new set of tires. And, you know, if you're upgrading from say the stock tires on your road bike that came from the shop, you may notice a really significant difference. And so, yeah, I, I think, so everyone starts to form their own opinions around their own experience. I think it's also somewhat controversial because you know road cycling as a whole but particularly tires are maybe a little bit tied up in quite conservative views when it comes to performance now to give some context back in the day 23 mil tires were the de facto standard and everyone ran them pumped up to a billion psi <laughs> prior to that you know it wouldn't be uncommon to see people racing on 22 maybe even 19 mil tubs yeah you know, that's on right time trial bikes yeah 23 was considered wide at one point completely so moving towards these wider tires does go against kind of conventional wisdom. Um, but Simon, tell me, what is your science, what is your testing shown? Are wider tires faster? And is there a one size fit all solution for absolutely every single situation in cycling? So it will disappoint everyone to learn that uh, no, there is not one size fits all solution for everything. And and I think, you know, the question to are wider tires faster, like it kind of it kind of depends. Like in a kind of nutshell, like obviously, you know, wider tires add a bit of frontal area and they they probably spoil the aero performance of your wheels a little bit, potentially, you know, if the, if the rims aren't optimised for that width. And so when you start going really fast, you know, if you're racing or you're doing time trials or something, then because aerodynamic drag, you know, increases at the kind of, what is it, the cube of velocity or whatever, that starts to become a real problem as you want to go fast because you want to do it because aerodynamic drag is the main problem you're trying to overcome. Whereas, you know, if you're riding at lower speeds on kind of rougher roads where you need, you know, to go on a road bike without suspension, a tyre basically acts as the suspension. So at some point, if you're, a, if you're not a kind of, a, you know, light as a feather, then a narrow tyre doesn't have enough volume to provide the required suspension. And so, you know, in those situations, a wider tyre is able to better absorb those bumps in the road and then maybe rolls faster. And because you're riding slightly slower, the aero you know, the aero difference is still there, but it's not costing you perhaps as many watts as it does at the higher speeds. And so the kind of decreased rolling resistance from, you know, having a slightly different shaped contact patch and, and having that better suspension starts to take over. And I think, so yeah, so there's not really a one size fits all solution. And I think actually the kind of the key is to think about what riding you are doing and then kind of optimize your tire width for that. Yes, you're basing it on, the type of riding you're doing, and really, if you want to be, we'll call it technical about it, it's really a balance between air performance and how important that is to you, comfort, which we'll come on to a little bit more in a moment, and grip and yeah. performance as well, as well as rolling resistance. And, you know, through your testing, which you did through uh, roller testing, primarily indoors, you know, in a like-for-like -like comparison where it's all fairly controlled and all you're doing is... Uh, yeah, riding on rollers indoors. What did you find through that testing? So the interesting thing, and I think obviously, you know, when we see uh, wheel manufacturers and tire manufacturers telling us that wider tires are faster, a lot of this testing is done in similarly controlled environments where, you know, you pump two tires up to the same pressure on the same wheel. You know, you're using exactly the same construction for the tire and you're, the only thing you're changing is tire width. And so at the same pressure, uh, the casing tension on the wider tire 
is relatively higher than the narrow one and the contact patch is also shorter and wider. And both of these things have the effect of reducing rolling resistance on kind of perfectly smooth surfaces that you get, you know, on rollers or kind of like on a drum in a lab test because, you know, casing tension is one of the main sources of energy losses. The problem is obviously that in the real world, we don't run wider tires at the same pressure as narrower tires because we don't want the casing tension to be higher. We want it because you know we want that extra comfort from the wider tires and we want the wider tires to act as suspension and not just bounce over imperfections in the road. So once you then kind of you know normalize for real world riding pressures, that rolling resistance advantage basically disappears. And if you could optimize the tires to have the exact same kind of casing tension by optimizing the, you know, the pressure to make sure that the kind of, you know, the kind of the way the tires squish was exactly the same, then essentially the rolling resistance would be equalized because what you're, the rolling resistance is essentially a factor of you know, how the tire is made. You know, if, if it's a kind of lightweight tire with a, a very supple casing and a low rolling resistance rubber compound, that's the thing that really determines rolling resistance. Um, and obviously, you know, getting your tire pressure right for the terrain you're riding on, but the, the, the width alone isn't a significant factor in reducing rolling resistance as long as you're kind of using those tires at the kind of optimum pressure. Now, you know, yeah, there is a rolling resistance advantage if you use a wider tire at, a, at the same pressure on a perfectly smooth surface, but the only kind of perfectly smooth surface out there is basically the velodrome. And so what we have seen, you know, at the, at the Olympics is a lot of teams moving to a slightly wider rear tire on their track bikes, but with a narrower one up front for aerodynamic purposes. There you do, you know, because they're pumping their tires up to 200 PSI still, you know, <laughs> you are getting that rolling resistance advantage there. But in the real world, you, you're just, if you pump your wider tire up to the same pressure as a narrower tire, you're not going to get that rolling resistance advantage because you're just going to bounce over all the small bumps in the road. And, and that then... You know, reduces your speed. It's just wasting energy because anytime the tire is not in contact with the road, you're not driving. You know, your power is not driving the bike forward, so you're just wasting energy. So to simplify things further, really, when it comes to choosing the correct width tire for your bike, it really boils down to the type of riding that you're doing. Would you say that's fair to say? Yes, I would say that's exactly right. And and we'll you know we'll we'll talk a bit more about what we kind of choose personally because obviously you and I are very very intelligent people. And we know everything about this. And so we've obviously made the right decisions. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so I'd say on my time trial bike, I use relatively narrow tires. You know, on a road bike, I would use something slightly wider. But then again, like if I was building, a, as you say, a gravel adjacent, as uh, our dearly departed colleague Matthew Loveridge used to say, you know, RIP, um, then I would <laughs> just for the listeners, he's not dead. He's just moved on to another job. <laughs> um, I would use a bigger tire again because, you know, as the surface deteriorates, you want more suspension and that requires a slightly bigger tire. Yeah. I, you know, so for example, while I do like to indulge in a bit of go fast riding, the majority of my miles tend to be more, we'll call them uh, mixed terrain and I'm more focused on nice long days out on my bike and so for me I tend to use the WTB exposure 30 30 mil tire which actually measures more like 31 32 depending on the rim um that's a lovely supple tire which I rated very highly I gave it five stars on the a bike rare radar. five stars a rare five stars it's definitely not per is perfect for me <laughs> um and that's why I awarded it quite so well but it's it's in that kind of rare 
wide enough for road category. Anyway, I really like it because it's a very supple tire that rolls really nicely on rough roads and the kind of suspension effect of that is very, very beneficial to me. But the comfort that you get over, you know, like I did a 220k day on it earlier this year, I genuinely right, think mate. that the... All right, mate, for showing off. <laughs> I, I genuinely think the additional comfort of something like that compared to a 25 makes a meaningful difference over the course of a long day. Now, on the other hand... I've just built myself a lovely go-fast bike. And on that, I'm running some lovely GP5000s, tubeless with 25s on relatively wide rims. And like the difference in rolling speed, or sorry, in rolling resistance at high speeds is like, I can feel it and I'm not doing back-to-back testing. It's really, really noticeable. Um, so, you know, there's quite a distinct spread there. As a very brief aside, Simon, this will amuse you, but I've just come back from quite a long tandem tour with my partner and on that bike we run 38 mil uh gravel king SS. yeah 38 <laughs> gp5000s on our touring tandem <laughs> no we, we run heavy duty gravel uh tires and i really had to turn everything i know on my head when it came to kind of settling on the right pressure for those because with all your kit and you know your uh riding partner on there um you know, you have to pump your tires up pretty hard for a relatively wide tire. What was funny, though, was that in the days we rode without the luggage and the bike, we're running, I don't know, like 60 PSI maybe in those tires. And when you were on a smooth road with those wider tires pumped up relatively high, it felt rapid, <laughs> absolutely rapid, but then also quite uncomfortable as soon as you want anything off-road. Yes. Anyway, a good illustration of your point. Yeah, and I think, you know, you kind of mentioned uh, a, a good point there about um, rim width as well, because that has a big effect. And and part of the problem with this topic is that, you know, we, in kind of common cycling parlance, we like to talk about tyres in, in millimetres, and we might say 25 millimetres, you know, 28 millimetres, 30 millimetres, whatever. But the issue is, is that when, you know, tyre manufacturers, they would say, you know, 700 times 25C or 28C, because when you put it on a rim, you know, we all know now that rim whips are changing all the time. And I'm you know, specifically talking about internal rim whips. That can have a big effect on the actual size your tyre measures. So when I say a 25mm tyre, you know, is maybe too small for kind of rough British roads. I, you know, I'm talking about a measured width 25mm, which is actually quite rare. And, and say on my time trial bike, for example, I've got 23mm tyres, according to the side wall. But when you put them on the 19 millimeter internal width rims that I've got, they actually measure 25 millimeter. Now it's fine for time trials, I think. But for me, even for me, who's relatively lightweight, I think that's a little bit too small. But I think a lot of people, when they think of 25 millimeter tires, if they're running them on a 19 millimeter rim, they're probably measuring closer to sort of 27, 28 millimeters. And and I think that's where I would say is is a, is a decent sweet spot for kind of fast road bikes. But it's kind of difficult because I think people get confused. Whereas, because if I say a 28 and someone goes out and buys a 28C tire and it actually comes back at 30, it, it just, the whole thing gets really muddy. So I, I guess it's kind of important for, you know, for us in the industry to kind of define what we mean. And so I try to use terms like measured width and all, and all of that stuff. Because, you know, if you've got a set of aero wheels that have a 28 millimeter external rim width and you buy a set of 28 millimeter tires and they end up measuring 30 millimeters on those wheels it might really spoil the aero performance of your you know expensive wheel set and so you, you have to kind of pay attention to those details unfortunately because you know until all manufacturers make things in an entirely consistent 
lovely way, we're still going to have these things. But I'm sure that's just around the corner, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. The cycling industry always converges into one point where everything makes sense perfectly. <laughs> Actually, do, of course, caveat this stuff where we're saying, like, you know, oh, if you want to maximize the aero performance of your wheels, like, it only matters to you if it matters to you. Yeah. Ultimately, if putting a fatter tire that ruins the aero performance and your lovely expensive wheels, which make a great noise, is better for your riding, then by all means, go ahead. Um, it's definitely totally. not going to ruin your bike per se. But I think the, the key thing is that if you are trying to optimize, optimize your tire setup, then it is really worth paying attention to these things. And when we mean optimize, we mean optimize for performance. Briefly, Simon, could you talk a little bit about kind of comfort and how it all fits into this? Because that's a harder thing to judge and define. You know, you, you, can, you can measure the rolling resistance of a tire. You can make judgments based on physics with how a tire is going to perform and, uh, perform in an aero sense, but how does comfort fit into all of this? So obviously that is a slightly more subjective um, topic. Now certain brands like Silke and, and, and you know, other kind of performance analysts have done things around kind of deflection and, and stuff like that in the past, but, but really, you know, what I did is I did some of some kind of real world testing in inverted commas where I basically went around like there's the kind of a short loop near me and it has a kind of wide variety of road surfaces. It's got some kind of normal UK roads with kind of lots of cracks and gravelly bits and stuff. And then a kind of really broken section at the bottom, followed by a kind of nicely new paved climb. And, you know, you can ride around those back to back on the different tires. And so you get really, you know, very quickly you get a sense of that on the, you know, on the good sections of road, the difference between a kind of narrow and a wide tire in terms of kind of comfort and grip is, is like basically very, very small. You can't really tell the difference. But as soon as you're kind of descending at speed on a kind of broken road, it's very obvious that the narrower tire starts to kind of find its limit of suspension long before the wider tire and so especially when you're kind of going around a corner or like you know you might be, you know often you come to a bottom of the corner maybe there's a bit of gravel in the road and you know when you're on the wider tire I, I just had that of course this could have just been perception but I just had this you know riding them back to back just had this feeling of greater kind of confidence and grip on the wider tire compared to the narrower tire and then yeah the same with the comfort that when you know when you're kind of hitting those you know, kind of bumpy sections, the, the wider tyre just kind of ploughs through it much more smoothly, whereas the narrower tyre just, you know, you just feel yourself getting bumped up and down. And so it is subjective to a degree, but I think we can probably all agree on that having a greater air volume beneath you is, is going to be more comfortable on a rough road. And what would you say to the Jan Heinz of this world, now Rennie Hurst, formerly of Compass? You know, it's not uncommon for those in the Randonneuring world who maybe are riding ludicrous distances you know three six twelve hundred kilometers you know it's not unusual there to see 35 38 maybe even 40 or wider tires used on the road and we're talking like you know totally slick go fast tires here but they are abnormally wide you know where's the place for those in cycling i know for those long distance events do you think they have a would you say they have a advantage over say going faster with a narrow tire yeah, potentially. I, I think obviously, you know, obviously Jan Hein, very smart person and, you know, the people behind Rene Hurst, like, got a lot of respect for them. I think their kind of use parameters are slightly different to, you know, say, you know, like a road racing bike or a time trial bike or something. And and so 
at the kind of speeds that you know that randonneuring takes place at then yeah like you know having that extra comfort and that extra suspension that you know if you're doing a huge cycle ride you know like yes you're running perfectly slick tires but presumably on on you know you're you're expecting the roads to not be buttery smooth the whole way and so that's that's where the advantages of those that greater air volume and the kind of wider tire start to come into play and especially you know if you're randonneering you might be carrying a load on your bike as well which you will need that bigger tire for so it's i don't think they're wrong at all it, it, it's just that it, you know what people like to do is kind of they want one solution for everything you know they, it's, and it's just like wider tires are faster and it's kind of like in some situations yes potentially but then in other situations no because if wider tires really were just definitively faster then you know we'd be seeing olympic track bikes using 45 millimeter no, yeah like the <laughs> biggest tires they could get right like it it doesn't we all know that if we had a fat bike slick fat bike tire it wouldn't be as fast depending where you're riding it like on a velodrome it's not going to be as fast maybe on a beach it's going to be much <laughs> faster than the kind of skinny tire right but like we have to but you yeah there just isn't that kind of like neat tie up with a bow one size fits all solution and, and i think like it's okay that there's uh there's nuance and it's okay that different riders you know like pro peloton riders they all use 25 and part of it is conservatism but part of it is also because that they are all ludicrously lightweight because they diet their whole life and so they don't need as and you know the tour de france often the roads get resurfaced ahead of the race like they don't need as much suspension as you they're and they're also I. riding at far greater speeds where also a wider tire would, would have a, an aero disadvantage yeah exactly so there are reasons behind why they're doing those things it's just that you know we shouldn't necessarily try to copy what the pros are doing because we're not riding in the same way now some people are you know there are plenty of domestic time trialists in this country who probably ride faster than some professional cyclists do in time trials and so you know they'll they'll optimize their kit for that in maybe perhaps in a similar way a world tour cyclist would but you know for kind of like your couch potatoes like me and uh <laughs> you know, elite you're a fingerling <laughs> potato i think at best simon but it's just we you know we, ha we have different riding requirements essentially like the roads around here in south bristol like they're just not very good and so if you head out there with your kind of skinny 23 millimeter tires like you're really limiting yourself as to where those tires are going to perform best there might be a couple of sections where the road has been just resurfaced and not with that horrible chip seal that the, the council loves to put down, but some actual tarmac. And then for that 200 meters, you know, that tire is optimum. You know, it, you don't need the suspension. It's absolutely aero. You're going to be rapid. But then away from that, you know, it might cost you something because it doesn't have enough suspension. So yeah, there's, there's not going to be a one size fits all. We might be able to kind of make a recommendation for where we think most people in the UK would find a good compromise but it is going to depend on what you want to do you know if you want to just ride road you know a slightly narrow tire probably okay but if you wanted to go off-road onto a canal path or something you want to choose a slightly wider tire i'd emphasize what simon said at the start where you know as you know if you're listening to this podcast in all likelihood you like playing with your bike and you like buying cycling kit if you want to make a distinct difference to how your bike rides, and we said this so many times before, tires are the place to start for sure. 
Not only because the stock tires that come with bikes tend to be not quite as good as they could be, but it is fun. It's fun to experiment with and you can make a really distinct change to them. So don't mess about with, you know, I don't know, big giant jockey wheels or something. Optimize your tire setup for where you are and you'll make a, you'll have fun doing it, but it's also going to be a bigger difference overall to your riding experience. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, looking at the industry as a whole, I'd say Trek, off the top of my head, Trek's probably been the most progressive when it comes to tire sizing on, on strict true road bikes. You know, do you think we'll see others follow suit? Is there going to be an upper limit? What are we going to set along with, with brands as a whole? This is a really interesting question because I think, you know, even two or three years ago, I think, you know, a road bike having clearance for 28s was deemed to be quite progressive, right? Um, but we've seen, you know, the latest generation of giant TCRs have clearance for 32 millimeter tires. Um, and even aero bikes, like say the Merida, uh, Merida Reacto has clearance for up to 30 millimeter tires, you know, like 30 millimeter tires. I think Ian Boswell runs 28s on some gravel events still. So the trend is only getting wider and wider. And I, I've, I think, you know, for a pure road bike, I would say probably, I don't think you need more than 34 millimeters of tire clearance. But one of the advantages of increasing tire clearance is that it does make the bike more versatile because then if you can run a bigger tire, you can take the bike off road. Uh, and, and that's, you know, if that doesn't come with any meaningful drawbacks, then why not have it? You know, you don't have to run wider tires, even if you have the clearance, but it's always nice to have the extra clearance. And that's always the problem with older road bikes, right? If you buy a 2010 road bike now, it's only got clearance of 23 millimeter tires, then it's kind of versatility is so small. Yeah, totally. I mean, you kind of illustrated this with your TCR. We did a great ride, God, that was months ago now, but um, the Hell of the North, was yeah, it called? That it was, yeah, basically... it was kind of Rafa Paris-Roubaix tribute in the Southwest. It was very, very trendy and it took mm. us on lots of farm roads. But you put some nice 32 GP5000s on that bike, if I remember correctly. And like you say, no disadvantage really in terms of the, um, you know, outside of having bigger clearances. Hmm. Yes. Almost as if versatility is something people want with bikes. Yeah. And as as for where it will settle, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> it's really hard to say. I, I think like for the next couple of years, I think we're still going to see brands experimenting in this area like the giant contend for example which is a kind of like aluminium version of their defy you know that's got massive clearances kind of like clearance for 36 38 millimeter tires and you know it's got mudguard mounts and all of those lovely things that kind of you know five or six years ago would have been considered like deliriously uncool but now, like, <laughs> now, like you get, we're getting them on road bikes, and and actually, like it's so good because you think what an amazing year-round road bike that would be, you know, and slash gravel bike, and you know, slash canal path bike. You, you know, you can put the mud guards on to do winter road riding. You can take them off in the summer to make it look nice. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, nobody's buying road bikes anymore. It's all about gravel bikes that's anyway. True. So this this yeah. this question is it's uh, irrelevant. Yeah, all road bikes are becoming gravel bikes because that's what the people really want. Yeah, well, who can blame them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's quite a lot to cover in the podcast. I think the takeaway is that, you know, it's worth experimenting. You need to consider really where you're riding and what's important to you. But more importantly, if you want to get the full scoop and really go into the nitty gritty, <laughs> head to leading multidisciplined cycling website, bikerader.com, where you can read Simon Bromley's, sorry, Simon Von Bromley, I should yeah, say. I have changed my name. Excellent. Recently. 
is excellent uh, <laughs> in-depth look into how to choose the right tire wood for you. He also recently did a piece on how to find the right tire pressure to you. And that's a whole other subject that we haven't really covered here and is, you know, really key when you are experimenting with tire wood because, you know, there's a lot to be learned there. And what might be right for a 25 mil tire absolutely is not right for a 28 mil tire. Yeah. So check that out. Leave any comments. As always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get it. Leave us a cheeky five-star rating if you think we deserve it. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and do. do leave any questions. Of course. And do leave <laughs> any questions in the comments of those articles. If you do have any, we do look at them. Simon likes to write very long and in-depth replies. It's one of his favorite pastimes. <laughs> I love to double the word count of all my articles. Just in the comments. When our, yeah. editor, well, says, when our editor says 1,500 words to me, I know I can get an extra 1,500 in the comments. So. <laughs> it's community service. <laughs> Thank you very much, Simon. Thank and you. thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.